Well, we're going to have our, our Bible reading now. Um, so the Bible reading is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Uh, and uh, Bethany's going to come and read to us. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. The parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Thank you, Bethany. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for that reminder that it is like a mirror. It's honey. And uh, Father, we pray now that we would taste and see that the Lord is good. Help us to be good listeners and obedient to your call this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I lose things all the time. Any of you lose things? Yeah, I, for my birthday last year, um, it got to such a stage I was losing my keys that I was bought a tracker. And uh, I got an app on my phone that if I press the app on my phone, this will ping and actually it's got GPS in it. And wherever it is, um, I should be able to track it and find it. I was going to do a little experiment this morning, pull it under one of your chairs, but I thought that was a little risky because technology would probably let me down. But uh, we do lose things, don't we? We do lose things. And um, Jesus was a great teacher. He used imagery. He used pictures. And um, they are pictures that we can all, and stories that we can all identify with. Um, and on one level... They are easy to understand for the very youngest and the very smallest. So I was at one of our church members' home this week, and they showed me, they knew what I was preaching on, and they showed me a, a very favorite book that they had Cecil the Lost Sheep. So I'm just going to read this through to us now, and then we'll close in prayer. And then I bet some of you would love that. We're not going to do that. But uh, this is, a, this is a, a, a lovely book, and um, you can chat to uh, Ruth about it later, who uh, highlighted this book, and uh, lots of fun. It's kind of my, my kind of book, really. Lots of pictures and not, not much writing. Anyway, so Cecil the Lost Sheep. So it works, the parables work on a child's level, but obviously they go much deeper, and uh, they get under our skin as we question where are we in the story? Who are we in the story? And you'll notice that in this section of um, chapter 15, there's three stories. There's the, the lost sheep, 1 to 7. There's the lost coin, 8 to 10. And then there's the parable of the lost son. We're just looking this morning at the first parable of the lost sheep. And... Um, my first heading is, we've got Jesus the rescuer. Jesus the good shepherd has come to do what it takes to find his lost sheep 
and bring them home. So Jesus is the shepherd. And look down with me at verses 3 to 4. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? So the first thing to remember is that this is not really, of course, a story about sheep, but a story about people and the mission of Jesus to rescue lost people. The imagery of sheep and shepherds, or a shepherd, comes up a number of times in Scripture. So we have a reading on the screen. Let me just read it to you. Uh, It's one of the great Old Testament chapters on shepherds and sheep. It's Ezekiel 34. And in it, the shepherds are the leaders, and the sheep are God's people. And the leaders of Israel have been self-serving and exploitative. So this is not a picture of how to, but not rather how not to. Shepherd, and we see how God steps in. So let's have that on the Thank you, Dave. Uh, verses uh, on the screen that you'll see from Ezekiel 34, 11 to 13. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I'll bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. And I'll bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel in the ravines and in the settlements in the land. So God the Messiah will be the good shepherd that they certainly, these people certainly didn't have. God's lost people, you see, is cared for by the good shepherd. And we see, don't we, as we look into the New Testament, the promise was fulfilled with the ultimate shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep, as Jesus says in verse 14 of chapter 10 of John's gospel, he says this, I am, I am meaning God, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says very profound words there, doesn't he? I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus knows them. Jesus cares for them. And what does it take for Jesus to rescue and care for lost sheep or lost people? Well, he lays down his life, doesn't he? He goes to the cross. That's how much the good shepherd cared for his sheep. And when we think about our mission to a lost world, that is sometimes what we're called to, to lay down our life. We're called to love the lost like Jesus 
loved the lost. But you might be questioning and saying, Tim, who are those lost? Well, that's secondly what we need to remember. That we are all lost sheep. We are all lost sheep. Whether we know it or not, until Jesus finds us and brings us home. Okay? So if you don't know Jesus this morning, you are described as a lost sheep. But let's just go earlier on in that reading that Bethany read to us in verse 1 and 2, Luke 15, 1 to 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So there are two groups in view here around Jesus. The one group are the tax collectors and the sinners who come to mind. So this morning, you know, as we think about tax collectors and sinners, let's think about our world and who are those tax collectors and sinners. Who are those people who were the outcasts in our society? Who are the people who we think are too far away from God? Who have been in the news this week? To think who are lost but could be found. Well, if you're anything like me and you follow any news feeds, Philip Schofield, he's been in the news, hasn't he? Lost, but he certainly can one day be found. And for us this morning, who's that person in our workplace who we think is beyond God? That woman at work who speaks about you unkindly, bringing your reputation down in your character. Are they beyond God? Certainly not. They're all sinners, all in need of a saviour. And these are the ones who are drawing near to Jesus. These are the ones that Jesus hangs out with. These are the ones that Jesus has a meal with. But they also realised that they needed to be rescued And then the other group that we see in the beginning of this chapter, 1 and 2, are the Pharisees and the scribes. These are the religious police, the religious leaders of the day. They didn't see themselves as sinners or lost. They knew, they well, they think, they, they thought that they were okay. And, well, Jesus didn't come for them, did he? They were okay. And, well, that confirms what Jesus says then. Uh, earlier on in the Gospel of Luke, he says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Do you remember how back in Luke 7, Jesus is at dinner with a Pharisee named Simon, and a sinful woman interrupts the meal and anoints Jesus' feet. She's crying. She knows her shame. She knows that she is far away from God. And in Luke 7, 39, we get these words. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. See, Simon is disrespectful of the sinful woman. He doesn't want to know anything. He doesn't want to have anything to do with her. But Jesus, notice, forgives her. This is the one who is touching him, for she is a sinner. But Jesus forgives her, accepts 
her worship as she gives the most precious thing that she has. And do you remember how Jesus tells another story about a Pharisee and a tax collector? The Pharisee is self-righteous and proud, despises the tax collector who has come to hate his sin and throws himself on God's mercy. And it's the repentant tax collector who is accepted by God, not the Pharisee, who is just as sinful and just as lost, but doesn't see it. This morning, coming to church does not make you a Christian, does not make you a believer. In the same way, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a burger. This morning, Paul, as he writes to the church at Rome, says these words. There is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. And again, he says these words. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his gift through the redemption that comes by Christ Jesus. You see, this morning, without Jesus, we are all lost sheep, whether we know it or not. Until Jesus finds us and brings us home, everyone needs to be sought and found by Jesus. Or, the Bible says, we are lost. And it's quite humbling, isn't it, to to be compared to a sheep. I don't know if that makes you feel good this morning, if you're thought of like a sheep or not. So let me just give you a little few things, see if any of these things equate with you. Right? Let's just have a think about this now. I'm going to read some characteristics of sheep. Let's see how this relates to you. Sheep have rectangular pupils. I'm not sure about that. Maybe you've got that. Um, sheep have an excellent sense of smell. Maybe. Ewes recognize their lamb's bleat. Now, I thought that was a typo when I found this out on Google, but a bleat is a faint cry. So a ewe can recognize their lamb's bleat. Maybe you, your, you mums this morning can hear that cry of your child up in mini church, and you can detect that this morning. There are a thousand breeds of sheep, and sheep are clever animals. All right. Um, (laughs) Research shows that sheep can recognize up to 50 other sheep faces, and they can remember those 50 distinct faces of other sheep for two years. They're even able to recognize human faces. Maybe there's the likeness. Other studies have shown that sheep are capable of remembering how to navigate complex mazes. Uh, Sheep apparently can self-medicate. Sheep are emotionally complex with distinct personalities. And sheep are highly social animals. But this is the one. This is the one. Sheep are stubborn. Sheep are stubborn. If none of the others you can relate to this morning, we're all stubborn. We all think we know best. We will all wander our own way and invariably 
like sheep get lost. But Jesus' parable is about one lost sheep. But when it comes to people, it isn't just the odd one that goes astray. It's the whole lot. And it happens so quickly and easily. Each summer, many of you know, we go to the land uh, flowing with milk and honey and sheep, Wales, the promised land. And um, we go to this cottage and uh, we don't need an alarm clock because the sheep wake us up. And uh, when we go there, it's quite, uh, quite funny to see how they act. Um, sometimes, uh, one sheep will suddenly start running off for no reason, and then all the others follow. Think, what's that all about? They just do it randomly. They take off. And, and, and often, it's not because the shepherd or the farmer in the, on his 4 by 4 is close behind. They just do it. But that's what we're all like. We're all like. We, we can follow the crowd. We can follow just one other person. Listen to these words of the prophet Isaiah. We, all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, apart from Jesus, we are all lost sheep whether we know it or not, until Jesus finds us and brings us home. So how does that happen? Now that Jesus has ascended into heaven? Well, he calls on you and me, if we're found, not just to be in our pen, but he calls us to, to look for other lost sheep. Jesus sends his, the third point, Jesus sends his disciples out to find his lost sheep and bring them home. So disciples, if you follow Jesus, if you've been carried home by Jesus, you are called to be a shepherd as well. Listen to these words from Luke 24. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is the next key bit, which we heard on Wednesday. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you out um, what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And then we get Acts, Acts chapter 1, where the Holy Spirit descends on God's people to go in his name. That's today, isn't it? Pentecost Sunday, birthday of the church, when Peter preaches the gospel and Peter speaks of every nation being reached. Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Tolworth. I didn't say Tolworth, but to the ends of the earth, wherever that is, on your front line. So if we've been sought and found by Jesus, he has given us the gift of faith that we're trusting in him 
as our Lord and our Savior. And our response isn't just to have a cozy sheep party. Not that I've seen a sheep have a party. But we are to be his witness to the ends of the earth. To reach all nations in the power of his Holy Spirit. Jesus, you see, will use us to do the seeking and the finding. Because for Jesus, the good, the great, the ultimate shepherd, his top priority are the sheep. Those saved, those found, but those lost. That's our top priority. Sheep. Sheep amongst God's people as we encourage one another, but sheep who are lost. There's a bestseller. I'd never heard of it before last week, but there's a bestseller um, called The Shepherd's Life. The Shepherd's Life by an author called James Rebanks. And he's a shepherd. And this is how he sums up being a shepherd. My job is simple. Get around the fields and feed and shepherd the different flocks of ewes, dealing with any issues that arise. The first rule of shepherding, shepherding is, it's not about you. It's about the sheep and the land. Second rule, sometimes you can't win. Third rule, shut up and go and do the work. Helpful advice there, I think, for every church member. But as witnesses of Jesus, it's not about us. It's about Jesus and his lost sheep. We are to speak up and go and do the work of a shepherd. I'm not sure if you've seen a farmer or a shepherd in action, but they know their sheep. They know their sheep. They know their sheep, but they know when their sheep is in trouble. When one sheep goes away or is a lost sheep in relation to our passage this morning. And I, again, it's kind of, kind of the, the everyday norms of going on holiday in West Wales. Once, I saw a sheep that was caught in barbed wire and um, it was in trouble. But the shepherd stopped everything to go to that sheep that was in distress in the barbed wire. The the farmer managed to, to, to take hold of him, to twist him out of the barbed wire, and to take him home. That was the love. That was the great cost, that he was able to leave those 99 and go for that one that was caught up in the barbed wire. You could say the barbed wire could be a picture of sin. The barbed wire could be uh, what this world may offer that takes us away from the rest of the sheep. Our calling this morning, brothers and sisters, as as disciples, is that we are to look for the lost sheep and to bring them home. It's hard, and sometimes we might have to go out of our comfort zone But as it says there, we share the joy of those who are found. See, when we join in Jesus' mission, we share in God's joy over those sheep 
who are found and brought home. Look at verses 5 to 7 in our parable. When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. He goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. You see, God, Jesus, rejoices, heaven rejoices when lost sheep are found and rescued. You see, for us this morning, being a disciple of Jesus is hard. Surviving, we say, surviving on our front line, thriving on our front line. But there's nothing better than having the eyes of the good, the great shepherd of Jesus Christ, and to seek those who are lost. There's nothing more important. We're an evangelical church. We're a church that seeks to proclaim this good, this gospel news. You see, the best part of church for me is when lost folk come to church, but lost folk are reached. So for me, over the last few years, I certainly have had more joy in Alpha, seeing lost people who are are seeking, who, who are coming to Jesus. It's amazing to be involved in outreach work, ministries within the church. Many of the ministries in the life of this church isn't just about being cozy in a pen, but it's, being, it's reaching out, it's seeking those lost sheep. So whether it's youth work, whether it's timeless, whether it's an open-air ministry, whether it's another ministry that seeks to reach out. Brothers and sisters this morning, Get involved. Get involved with barbed wire work. Get involved with those who are lost that need to be pointed to Jesus, the great shepherd. There's nothing more important. There's nothing better. There's nothing that brings more joy than seeking out lost sheep, finding them and bringing them home bringing them home. It says it all. Jesus has found us. Jesus has sought us, rather. Jesus has found us at the cost of his life. Now we are to go in his name and seek and find the lost sheep and respond by rejoicing. And we're going to rejoice now. We're going to sing a song that speaks of what we were, we were lost. When I was lost, you, Jesus, maybe you used one of the under-shepherds, other believers who came to rescue us out of that barbed wire. Let me uh, read this, 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 this uh, benediction that Paul prayed for the church at Corinth as we go and do barbed wire work. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters... Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In Jesus Christ, 
Amen.